Welcome to episode one of Approaching Zion. We're your hosts. I'm Dylan. And I'm Nathan. And we're very excited to be doing this podcast. And tell me, Nathan, how much experience do you have podcasting? Up to the last 10 seconds, zero. <laughs> okay, I've, I've got about 30 seconds more than you. So we're very excited to be doing this podcast. And, you know, we do feel it's, it's a bit of a, a personal calling to be able to share our testimonies and discuss the doctrine with each other. And maybe with, with the world, right? Depending on who finds us and who ends up listening to these messages. And mostly with each other. Yeah, we we usually are just talking to ourselves, and we've talked to enough people, or enough people have listened to us talk back and forth, and that's kind of one of the inspirations of why we're doing what we're doing, because they feel the passion and the and the the love that we have, the conversion we have to the gospel. So that's all we're doing is just trying to bring that to a wider audience, and it may never happen, but that's okay. Now, we're both born in the gospel, born in the church. Mm-hmm. And we have great testimonies of the restored gospel. Yep. And, you know, we we pray that the Spirit can be felt as we go through these episodes and talk about different points of doctrine. And, you know, the, the, the Scriptures say that when you're teaching by the Spirit, both parties are edified, right? And it is our prayer that that's what happens through this podcast. So why are we doing this podcast? Well, I wouldn't say that, you know, we feel we have any greater knowledge than anyone else, per se, on the gospel, right? Who are we to say we are an authority? The least of these, for sure. Right? Yeah. But we do have a passion, Mm. right? And with passion comes, right, the feasting on the words of Christ, and right, just talking about the doctrine and pondering on it is so important to personal revelation and personal progress in the gospel. And that's just something we want to bring to others. Yeah. Well, and I think the other thing for us as well is just listening to people talk about the gospel in a way that's informal, casual, relatable to other people, but is is deep and at times profound and and just allow the spirit to communicate to other people and bring them some truth and understanding that they may not have had previously and we're just two regular dudes from texas that decided to go all in on the gospel to to be willing to give and sacrifice whatever is required and whatever whatever it takes to come to know the lord and and to come to know the father and as we've gone through that process, I think we've both gained a an appreciation for and an understanding of just how real the promises of the scriptures are, like just how close the Father and, and the Son are to us and how thin that veil can be, and um, just allowing us to talk about it and bring some of that to a wider audience and and maybe inspire and uplift some of them to be able to do it too. So. That's a a pretty key reason why we're doing this is just two regular guys, man, talking about the gospel that have regular jobs, have families, have kids, have problems like everyone else, but still maintain that profound love and conversion to Don't the Don't necessarily gospel. walk around in a white shirt and tie every 100%, day. 100%, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's for <laughs> sure. 
So I'd like for us to start just with with testimony. Mm-hmm. Give each of us a chance to bear testimony, talk about maybe our conversion stories. Um, I felt like I'd like to jump in and actually share a scripture since we're talking about the purpose of the podcast. Let me hop over there to Doctrine and Covenants 88, verse 77 and 78. I give unto you a commandment that you shall teach one another the doctrine of the kingdom. Right? That's ministering. Mm. Right? And I think this podcast is really just an extension of our ministering efforts, right, that we make personally and individually here at home. You know, maybe we can reach a broader audience. And, you know, that in the gospel, in the church of Jesus Christ, we teach each other, right? There's not a paid minister, right, that teaches every Sunday. We teach each other, right? Every every Sunday in sacrament meeting, we're teaching each other, right? The teachers of our classes, just members of the church, we teach each other. Teach ye diligently, and my grace shall attend you, that you may be instructed more perfectly in theory, in principle, in doctrine, in the law of the gospel, in all things that pertain unto the kingdom of God that are expedient for you to understand. So we have a promise that as we make an effort to teach each other the doctrine of the kingdom, we will actually be instructed more perfectly. And I think that's pretty key for us as well because we are clearly continuing to refine and perfect our understanding and our knowledge of the doctrine of Christ. And the more we study, the more we, certainly you and I, the more we talk about this and the more we relay kind of our thoughts to other people, that understanding and that deepening of gospel doctrine it does become more perfect because it certainly is not at first when somebody is initially converted to the gospel. And even now it's not perfect still, but as we discuss it, as we ponder and as we truly feast on the words of Christ, we continue to refine and to perfect that understanding and that knowledge of the doctrine of Christ. And lastly, in verse 80, right? that ye shall be prepared in all things when I shall send you to magnify the calling whereunto I have called you. So, in teaching each other, we become taught, instructed more perfectly, and that prepares us to magnify our future callings, our current and future callings. Those are amazing blessings. And those are amazing blessings that come just from having conversations with one another, right? Teaching one another studying something and sharing it with somebody else. That's, that's amazing. It's beautiful. Right? The Spirit just burns in me knowing that these things are available to us so freely. And I think the thing that maybe saddens me at times is a lot of, a lot of times people maybe don't have that outlet. They don't have that ability to either listen to or themselves converse with others passionately about the gospel. And of course we do that on Sundays. I mean, we do that in Sunday school and we, we do that in, in priesthood. But that's not where, that's not where the most powerful conversations happen. Intimate. That's why ministering is so important, right? Intimate one-on-one conversations or a small group of people who all have a passion and a desire to understand the gospel of Jesus Christ and to be more converted to it, to live it more perfectly. It's just so much that you cannot obtain 
in that small one hour instructional time in church, you know? And when you have an outlet with somebody else or a small group of other people to discuss it back and forth, luckily you and I have been able to do that. It completely changes how you grow in the gospel. And I think that's one of the things we want to try to do is facilitate other people discussing, talking about, going back and forth, and frankly, not being afraid to to be curious about the, the gospel, to think about things, to ponder things, to, to maybe wonder, hey, is this what the Lord really meant? You might be wrong, and that's okay. I think too often we are so afraid of being wrong about an understanding of the gospel that we never push it deeper. We never push it farther. And that's I think that's a mistake most of the time. I think the Lord wants us we have to, to seek. seek. Yes, we have to seek. And that clearly means you're going to make mistakes. You're going to have wrong understandings, but the Spirit will correct you. It will guide you. And then as you communicate with other people, as you as you come together and commune and seek to understand the will of the Father, those errors will be corrected, and that's okay. And clearly, we'll say things or we'll wonder things or hypothesize on things in, in our podcast that aren't correct. They're not fully fleshed out you know they're not disclaimer yeah disclaimer (laughs) this is not an official podcast of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints i think they looked at us and probably knew that for those that are watching on youtube like they probably understand this is not an official church podcast but just in case so that the lawyers don't write us letters or emails cease and desist yeah we we we're not officially affiliated with the church yeah our opinions are our own 100 percent well uh nathan would you like to Go into some testimony. Yeah. So just so we can get to know each other a little better. Yep. One of the things that we said why we're doing this is just regular guys that that have gained a deeply profound love of the gospel. And so for me, as as Dylan mentioned previously, being born in the covenant, being born in the gospel, and being raised in the church um, was one thing. Receiving understanding and instruction, having an academic understanding of of the gospel and never having a problem with it 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 really always my whole life has made me sad when i see people who look for reasons to uh, leave the the church or, or to turn away from the gospel that's always made me sad because even as my wandering path has led me down diverse um you know trails i never had an issue with the church i just always felt like I don't know that I fit in and I don't know that I can live it. I never felt like I had the ability to truly be a a disciple of Christ. And I always felt unworthy or just not good enough or, or inadequate, you know. And so for a lot of my li- life, especially as a teenager, you know, and, and from that point on, I loved the church. I loved the gospel of Jesus Christ. I just didn't feel like I was capable. I thought it was good for everybody else. But for me, it just wasn't something I was going to be able to do. And so for many, many years, I lived a life that was not a gospel standard, to, to say it at, at the least, you know, at a minimum. Um, but slowly over time, through kind of hitting rock bottom and being forced to be humble, the Lord has one step at a time brought me back closer to him because my heart got softened. And through very intense, very personal experiences, experiences that I did not know were real or possible previously, I've come to understand what the the key components of the gospel, right? The Book of Mormon is true. It's real. Joseph Smith was a prophet of God, not perfect. He was not a perfect man, 
but he was a prophet ordained of God and had keys and holds the keys to this dispensation. I've received a witness of that, of Jesus Christ as the Savior, the Messiah, the King of this world. I've received a personal, intense manifestation and witness of that, you know, coming to understand um, and, and to gain a witness of the the temple and the ordinances and, and the covenants contained therein, receiving personal witnesses of that and, and a family history and how the veil can be thinned. I've received direct, real, tangible witnesses to each of these things as time has gone by. And it has taken me from somebody who had a testimony of an aspect or a couple aspects of the gospel to somebody who is fully converted, all in. Whatever the Lord asks, whatever trials I'm, I'm called to walk, wherever he wants me to go, I'm ready to do it and willing to do it, you know, and, and it's pretty profound to see where I was a decade ago, the person that, you know, was essentially out of the church on my own accord, but then also because of some of the disciplinary action that I went through with the church, which was a blessing, by the way, was, it was actually a very good thing. And, and I came to gain a testimony of why the church has some of these disciplinary councils and, and set up the way they have things set up. Um, from that person 10 years ago to the person that I am today, I, I, I can't even recognize myself. And so it makes me cringe when, when I hear people in the world say, people are people, they don't change, people never really change, because I know and have received a profound witness, greatest of all, that you can put off the natural man and the Lord can sanctify you and make you into a new creature and you can be born again. And that's been the most profound witness that I can testify of is you don't have to remain the person you are. The Lord can sanctify you and bring you closer to him and make you a better, more perfect reflection of him. And, and that is the greatest thing that has happened for me is I'm not there yet, but I'm getting closer every day and every week to being a, a more perfect reflection of the Savior. My story is maybe a little bit similar. You know, grew up in the church and made a bunch of wrong decisions growing up, you know, hang out, hanging out with the wrong crowds in high school and all that kind of stuff. But never never an issue with the church or the or the gospel, right? It was always dear to me. Just choosing to follow it. Yeah. Right? That was that was that was the issue, just wanting wanting to try things for myself and do things my own way. And, right, and finding out that there's there's no joy in that, right? There's some moments that you think is fun, right? I think are fun at the time, but there's no joy, right? It's well, they just, may be fun at the time, but they don't bring peace. And we've yeah, come to appreciate yeah, that this time. There's no joy, right? Yeah. There's no peace yeah. that's lasting. And that's, it's just, right, living that life, right? And then I would say... Right, I had a testimony in the sense that I believed in the restored gospel. I believed in the Book of Mormon. I believed in the restoration. Like I I don't know if I've ever even had doubts, so to speak. Right, those things I was taught in my youth, and they were things that I believed. But that's not the same thing as having a personal witness, right, being being more personally converted to Jesus Christ and his gospel. And that happened to me when I was 20, right? 
I was actually dating a girl at the time who was not a member of the church, and um, she was taking the missionary lessons, right? Because it it was a serious relationship, and so once it started getting serious, it was even though I wasn't living gospel standards, it was important to me that she right be taught the gospel that I shared the gospel with her, and uh, you know she was Protestant, non denominational. Right, her family was very active in her church, and right, the deal was I'd go to her church and she'd go with with me to mine, and you know I came to find out that she was just secretly trying to convert me, right? Because he didn't work out very well. But one of the days after the missionary lessons, right, where they were teaching her, and I'm sure she was giving them, you know, re- repeating back all the anti-Mormon literature that she had found online <laughs> to bring that week to them. Um, but they kept they kept inviting her to pray about the Book of Mormon. Those poor missionaries, man. I feel so bad for them. I, I don't know. It might have been the highlight of their day. Yeah, it might have been. It, it might have been their favorite <laughs> discussions, actually. But I drove home that night. You know, I remember it was dark. It was the evening. I pulled my car in front of, in front of the house. I was parked in the street. I was just thinking about that invitation that they made to her to pray to know that the Book of Mormon is true. And I realized, well, I've never done that. I I believed it was true, right? I had a, I had a test. I've I've had other spiritual experiences, and 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 this Holy Ghost has touched me, right, throughout my youth. And, um, you know, at youth conferences, and, and lots of different experiences with the Spirit. But I never just prayed and asked if the Book of Mormon was true. And so I. I pulled up in front of my house and I said a prayer and this this was the prayer that I said I, I I addressed heavenly father and I apologized to him good that, start that is a good start <laughs> and, you know but I apologized to him that I was saying that prayer right because I felt they didn't I don't know it, it felt weird to me that I was praying to know that the book of Mormon is true when I already believed it mm. right that's so why I, I apologized for I don't know if, if I felt like I was wasting his time, right? For But I don't know. I just, I started with an apology. And then I, re- I remember I asked three very specific things in my prayer. I asked if the Book of Mormon was true, if Joseph Smith was a prophet, and at the time, if Thomas S. Monson was a prophet. Mm. And I received a full witness and confirmation of the truthfulness of those things. And to dis. To this day, I have not been able to find words to describe my experience because it was so sacred and holy to me. But what I can tell you is that the Holy Ghost came to me and he entered into my car and he sat down in the passenger seat with me, right? I didn't feel the presence, or I didn't just feel the presence of the Holy Ghost in my heart. I felt the fullness of his presence. He was there. That's what he's called to do. He was there. To testify in, of those things. He was there in person with me, right? And the glory that he brought with him is indescribable, right? It immediately moved me to tears of of joy that I have even never experienced since. Because it wasn't a telestial glory. It It was a fullness. Yep. Right. It was it was something that I cannot deny. Right. It was the presence of God or the Holy Ghost. And the 
I found I have a scripture in First Nephi chapter one, our favorite chapter, because everyone's read it Never, you know. a thousand times. But there's a verse that I would like to share that comes very, very close, very similar to my experience. This is when Lehi was in his home and he had a vision. And it came to pass that when my father had read and seen many great and marvelous things, he did exclaim many things unto the Lord, such as, Great and marvelous are thy works, O Lord God Almighty. Thy throne is high in the heavens, and thy power and goodness and mercy are over all the inhabitants of the earth. And because thou art merciful, thou wilt not suffer those who come unto thee, that they shall perish. Now, Lehi's worshiping the Lord here. He's praising the Lord, right? He's not praising the Lord artificially. He is in the fullness of the Spirit, and he is being compelled by the Spirit to praise God, right? Sincerity, real sincerity. Right, this is something we see in other churches, Mm -hmm. right? We We see this type of praising. We don't see it a lot in our church. Yeah. Which is very, which is very sad to me. But what happened to me in my car that night, when the Holy Ghost came and sat down with me and testified and gave me, gave me my conversion to the restored gospel, the Spirit was so pure and the glory was such that I was compelled into praising the Lord. Right, I was in tears of complete joy, and I started praising the Lord and how great He is and how glorious He is. I was compelled to do it, right? I view it I view it as a gift of tongues, right? That the Spirit was literally putting things into my mouth and praising God. And it was it was, it was as though I was compelled to do it. It it was an amazing experience. And it's something that I haven't experienced exactly like that since. Mm. But I it was does, it does seem like that comes from a deeper place that was usually untapped. A, a, a spiritual part of you that most of the time we through the distractions and the and the deceit of this world is completely covered but man when you have experiences like that where you untap all of a sudden this spiritual attribute within you this place within you it's exactly that well what i can tell you is i know that the book of mormon is true mm. i know that joseph smith was a prophet and i know that the living prophet still has that authority in those priesthood keys. 100%. I know it. It was given unto me to know it. I cannot deny it. What did Joseph Smith say? I know it and I know that God knows it. Yeah. The Lord gave me that witness. And like you said earlier, I'm all in, mm-hmm. right? I've gone, right? Because of that witness, I served a mission, right? Because of that witness, right? I'm sealed to my spouse for time and eternity, right? Because of that witness, I kept seeking greater truth, right? Further light and knowledge, and I've been blessed with it. Yeah. The Lord has continued to give me more, and I'm all in, right? And and the amazing thing is between our two paths, we've both arrived at that place now where we're both all in, completely converted. We'll do whatever the Lord asks us to do, even if at times we don't know how to do it, and it does seem difficult momentarily. But your path of receiving that graciously at, at 20 and still being able to go and serve a mission 
my path of pretending like I was in the gospel, having been married previously, that marriage ending and and not working out, and then being totally out of the, the, the church, being totally out of the gospel, and, you know, eventually getting back to a place to where I could be reunited with the saints and, uh, you know, had to go through some, some, as I mentioned, some formal disciplinary actions and, and, uh, uh, just the point is though, but whatever path you follow, whatever path you go down, not that we are justifying sin or, or, uh, wrongdoing in any way. The point is the majesty and the grace of Jesus Christ and the mercy that he offers each each of us here on earth that you have not fallen too far. We all have to have our our Alma the Younger or Paul. 100%, yeah. Right, experiences of, right, or even Adam and Eve, right, yep. tasting the bitter to know the good. Yep. That's part of the plan. Yep. That's part of the reason we're here. And, you know, I, I talked about I've never I've never had that same experience that I had again, and I've, I've pondered on on that. And, you know, I think part of that is that from where I was so low and the difference to where the Holy Ghost is so high, that that gap was so great. Yeah. Right. The impact was that much. The grace offered you was even more significant than what you may yes. receive today. Right. Because now, you were even less deserving back then <laughs> of receiving that witness yes. than you are perhaps today because and, you live a cleaner, more holy life. Today. And I think that as we grow in the gospel, mm-hmm. right, certainly there are even greater manifestations awaiting us. Yeah. But at the same time, we grow in light and truth and we grow in discernment, right? And, uh, that gap between us and the Father is getting smaller and smaller, hopefully, as time goes by. We're getting closer and closer to him. Right. And that's why we really have to train ourselves to treat it as a still small voice right. and not as some big manifestation. Yep. Right? Because if I were to be seeking that... Over and over and over again, you'd be disappointed. Well, it's, it's not possible. Yeah. Because I've already received that. Yep. And I, I'm not there anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? So, it's... I do praise the Lord for his grace. And his grace has been offered to me and to you. And that's our testimony. You know, something you said in regards to that prayer in your car is super interesting, man, because we hear this a lot, actually, when we talk to people about, you know, well, do you have a testimony of, of this and this and this, you know, and, and in particular, we'll talk to a lot of missionaries and they'll say, yeah, I have, a, I have a testimony of that, you know, and then we'll kind of talk to them about receiving an even greater witness or an even deeper manifestation and understanding of whatever it is that, that, you know, we're, we're kind of inquiring about, you know, and so often we hear people have that similar response where they're like, well, I feel like, you know, I, I prayed about this. I got peace about it. So am I being ungrateful if I continue to seek and, and want to receive a, a deeper understanding and a, and a deeper, um, level of conversion regarding whatever topic it may be? or whatever doctrinal truth it may be. And so they kind of stop themselves. They prevent themselves from continuing to really seek more from the Lord. I can't tell you how many missionaries, especially elders I talk to, where it's like, you know, I'll I'll kind of be leading them down this path of some of these deeper understandings and, and manifestations I've received through the Spirit. And they're like, yeah, I guess I just, I know it's true. And so I don't, you know, I don't really pray about it much anymore. I don't really seek much more about it. And I, I feel like that's missing the mark just a little bit. 
Well, that's not feasting on the it, word. It's not feasting, and and you you may receive that initial witness, and you may not receive another witness quite like that. But that that I think sometimes people internalize that as okay, I I'm I can move on from that. I don't need to focus on it anymore. And really, there's probably a lot more meat left on that bone to be to be taken in and digested. And one thing you and can we're not do, doing it, you know. And one thing you can do with the experiences you have is share and teach them to others. Hundred percent. There's no doubt. Right. There's no doubt. And I, I mean, I, I know for a fact, right, from my experiences on my mission that people gain testimonies and have those conversion experiences in completely different ways. Yep. Well, and that's one of the biggest things we want to help people do is go from receiving a testimony of the gospel or aspects of the gospel to really bridging that gap to how do you get, how, how do you become truly converted? And, and at times that really does require real feasting, having a true desire, seeking so that you can receive and deepening that understanding and that witness you receive from the Lord. The funny thing is, as much as we've received and some of the experiences that that we've shared, some of which we may share with each other, but but probably not with a wider audience because of the the the, the holiness or this the spiritual um, the significance of those experiences, they never th- those experiences as deep as they're they always lead us back to the standard answers, right? It's always, oh yeah, everything we're learning in the church, it it really is always the answer to everything. However, as you gain a deeper witness and more eternal understanding yeah. and perspective of those things, your passion and your ability to live it yeah, and no, help others live it, it grows exponentially. I remember my, my mission president, I had the most awesome mission president of all time. But I remember he, he would preach that, you know, the, the most profound aspects of the gospel are the basic aspects, right? And of course, you know, as a young missionary, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, you know, yeah, of course. But it's, it's, there's the simple, right? You know, faith, repentance, baptism, gift of the Holy Ghost, enduring to the end, right? Those are primary concepts, right? You learn them in primary. Children understand them, right? But they are the most profound things. Yep. And what you understand about it, right, may be simple. Right, but everything else, all the context around it, right, is profound. The scaffolding that right. holds so up as, that principle. You, yeah, I know what baptism is. Yeah. I know it's for the remission of sins. I know, you know, but as you as you deep dive into mm-hmm. baptism, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, literally and figuratively, you study you study the symbolism of it. You study the history of it. You start to realize that Adam was baptized. You start to there's so much depth, right, in context that you can get about this simple, seemingly simple piece of doctrine, right? And that's that's how you do it, right? Just because you know something, right, doesn't mean you truly understand it. And you know what's so key about that, man, is like there are people we've talked to, people we know who, you know, you never really know what's going on inside somebody's head. And they end up leaving the church for whatever reason, right? And it's always something that you think, really, that's 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 what it was about. But then you begin to understand as you talk to them, as as you really, you know, with love, go and speak to them. And if they're willing, you have these conversations as I as as I've been lucky enough to do with with a few folks to kind of have these conversations about, you know, why they may have decided 
to leave the church and more importantly, to leave their testimony of, of the gospel and no longer be a disciple of Christ. And you start to realize that they didn't continue to deepen their understanding. They didn't find their passion. They, they didn't, they, they were not truly converted. They scratched the surface of these things that make sense, maybe even academically, but because they didn't continue to dig and to seek and then receive yeah. from the Lord, when the whirlwinds came, when the the celestial disturbances and, and trials and tribulations we are forced to walk through as part of the plan, there was no depth to their understanding. There was no depth to their conversion and that, that shallow, simple testimony they had, which was enough to get them started and should have grown into deep conversion. Yeah. It never grew. And so they, they withered in, yeah. in that trial, you know, and it's so sad to me because we receive a testimony and we have a tendency to then think, well, okay, that's good enough. And let's move on to the next thing. And then we never go back and really shore up and deepen our real understanding of a even a simple gospel topic that we need to continue to to seek and find yeah. understanding of those things. So I like the transition into a little piece of doctrine, right, for the last part of this episode. And to get started, I'd like to read a quote from Joseph Smith. I advise all to go on to perfection and search deeper and deeper into the mysteries of godliness. A man can do nothing for himself unless God direct him in the right way, and the priesthood is for that purpose. So I'd like to discuss what are the mysteries of, of godliness, the mysteries of the kingdom that Joseph Smith is advising us to go and search deeper and deeper into. And, you know, kind of before we go down that road, one of the reasons that we decided to go with the, the podcast name Approaching Zion is Joseph is speaking directly to that here. What is it we're trying to build individually within our own lives, within our own heart? As a family, you know, within our own homes, what are we trying to build? And then as a church, as a covenant people of the Lord, what are we trying to do? We're, we're trying to build Zion. And this quote here is a perfect, it's a perfect illustration of how do we build Zion is going on to perfection, seeking and truly desiring the further light and knowledge that the Lord is more than willing to give us. And in fact, is pleading with us. If there's one thing President Nelson has taught us is the Lord is pleading with us to receive these mysteries, these deeper understanding, these doctrine to help us survive what is coming. And that is truly how we build Zion or a place of refuge in our lives. And for those around us that we can help provide peace for and be a refuge for is we've got to seek and truly desire to be a Zion people. And too often we are a church going people who lives in the world most of the time. And, and not nearly enough time is focused on how do we, we really like, build Zion. We really like to hang out in Babylon. A hundred percent. We go to church on Sunday, but the rest of the time we're going to hang with, with all the, the, the customs 
of Babylon, and we may not participate. Well, and that's what but we're going to be there to hang out and watch it happen. And when you when you go deeper and deeper into the mysteries of godliness, Babylon fades away, man. You go further and further out of Babylon. Yep. If you truly are going deeper and deeper, that only takes you away from Babylon. Yep. Right. So, what is a mystery? What is a mystery? Right. Clearly, we should be searching them deeper and deeper. But what is a mystery? Um, it. I know in the New Testament, a lot of times when this talk when they use the word mystery, right? You can. A careful study shows that they're really talking about ordinances. So one definition of mystery is is an ordinance, right? And you know it's very easy for us to think, okay, like temple ordinances, those are mysteries, right? Until you go through and receive the temple ordinances, right? They're unknown to you, right? And that's true. But it's not just that. It's not just the fact that you you don't know what they are or you haven't heard of them or you haven't received it yet, right? Because let's talk about another ordinance. Let's talk about baptism or the gift of the Holy Ghost. Well, those are very public, right? Almost every Christian church, right, has a form of baptism and 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 the Holy Ghost, um, right? But I mean, just think about what it what's happening at baptism, and when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, right? Very profound things, right? We talk about you're accepting, right? You're making a covenant to follow Jesus Christ, that you're willing to follow Him, that you're going to start making a good faith effort, right? You're entering into a a situation where you're cleaned through His blood and can commune and receive revelation from the Holy Ghost, right? If you are if you pull any random person from the street that has very little religious knowledge, those are very mysterious things. Yeah. Right? Well, the, taking upon yourself the name of Christ. Even the need to have repentance. Yeah. Right? Those, those are mysterious things, right? So ordinances, right, can be very mysterious, right? And going deeper and deeper and understanding the ordinances and understanding what they mean to you personally and how you can apply them in your daily life. It's a very mysterious thing that we need to dive deeper and deeper into. I think one of the things we've discovered as we've gone through serious transformation over the last year is that even those things we receive in the temple, the covenants we make, even as we begin to believe we're understanding them, as we truly seek to understand those mysteries even more, we look back now and realize there are so many levels. There's such a depth to truly understanding what those covenants mean. And you only get them line upon line. A line at one at a time. That's right. And so it's, it is a, a, a somewhat tedious task or it can feel tedious. Like, why am I not understanding this? And then all of a sudden, you'll, something clicks. And then that one thing leads to a deeper understanding of so many other aspects well, with baptism, of the gospel going back to the you know the example of baptism you're you know someone's baptized into the church they're a new member they don't really understand the joy and and, and the beauty of daily repentance yeah right they may not even have a habit yet of daily prayer mm-hmm. right but as you grow and you discover that the ordinance of baptism and the sanctification that comes with the gift of the holy ghost allows you not just daily repentance but immediate repentance right? Continual repentance, like that's, 
that's something that, yeah, you do, you perform the ordinance once, you're baptized, you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, but that's something you're given that can be used constantly and continually in your daily life, right? And all of the ordinances you receive, right, are applicable to us, not just when we receive them, not just at the church, right, in the baptismal font or in the temple, they're available to for us to be used and applied in our daily life at home, yeah. right? In in our in our daily activities, and right that that's a mystery. Yeah. Well, then when people read mysteries in in the scriptures, sometimes they feel like these are things that are far off and that they're either never going to understand or they don't really matter or well, whatever. But but think about, for instance, think about temple work. Just in general, think about the work we do for the dead. Just the fact that that has been revealed, that is a mystery of the fullness of the gospel, right? That temples are here for a purpose and a reason. Most Christians have no understanding of what temples are meant to be used for. So there are mysteries that have been openly... They're no longer mysteries to members of the church who sure, understand. exactly right. Yeah, that's right? right. But like you're saying to maybe other Christians, yep. right? Even when you explain it to them, they... They don't quite get it at first, yep. right? It's a mystery. To them. I mean, by the nature of the word mystery, it's something you don't understand, yep. right? And maybe that's how we just should have started. The, no, maybe <laughs> when we, maybe that's the right definition. May, maybe that's what we should have said when we asked the question, what is a mystery? But it's it's higher spiritual knowledge that you haven't received yet, yep. that you don't quite comprehend. A more and, perfect understanding of how God works. Right. And, and to understand it, you have to seek deeper and deeper. Yep. And so, so really a mystery is, is understanding, right? A mystery is doctrine, right? It could be doctrine that you personally have not received yet or have not received a testimony or a witness of or maybe have, haven't studied. Um, it could also be doctrine that hasn't been revealed to the world at large, right, through the prophet and apostles of the church yet, right? There are mysteries, right, that are out there that for one reason or another hasn't come up through, you know, in a general conference talk. Well, that must be the case because <laughs> President Nelson continues to say that the restoration is ongoing, right? That these mysteries are going to continue to be revealed as, as, as time goes by. So clearly not everything has been, has been revealed or at least not the deeper understanding or application yeah. of all things has been revealed. Every, the ordinances, right, the authority has been restored and the ordinances necessary for salvation have been restored and revealed, right? But there's a lot of light and truth, right? There's a lot of that extra context and deeper understanding mm -hmm. that really can can strengthen our, our faith and our spiritual growth that's just waiting for us to find. Yeah. So I'd like to, uh, I've got a few scriptures pulled up that I'd like to share that just talks about the mysteries of, of the kingdom and how they can benefit us. So I'd like to go first to a couple scriptures in Alma. Alma twenty six twenty two. Yea, he that repenteth and exerciseth faith and bringeth forth good works and prayeth continually without ceasing, Unto such it is given to know the mysteries of God. Yea, unto such it shall be given to reveal things which never have been revealed. Yea, and it shall be given unto such to bring thousands of souls to repentance. This is just a beautiful scripture. 
right? And this ties back to our very, right, the, the very first scripture we shared in Doctrine and Covenants, that we're commanded to teach one another, right? We have to live the gospel, keep the commandments, pray continually, seek deeper and deeper into the mysteries, receive them, right? And that's going to give us the ability to share, right, that light and knowledge with others. And sharing that light and knowledge with others is what is going to invite the Spirit into their lives and bring them unto repentance. That's ministering. I think for us, that's the, if there's one person that we, the whatever it is, the, the perspective we have on the gospel or aspects of the gospel, the way in which we deliver, the passion that we bring, whatever, however it is that we might edify somebody else, this scripture speaks to thousands of souls. Well, that would be amazing. But if there's one person, one soul that we can connect with, like, you know what? I can live the gospel more, more fully, more completely. I can commune with the Lord more effectively, more perfectly, and be more like him in my day-to-day life. I mean, that would be worth all the effort and energy put into it, right? And that's exactly what he's speaking to here is as you truly seek, as you truly essentially build a relationship with the Father, as you come to understand and see things through his perspective a little more perfectly, then your desire to turn around and to share that light, that knowledge, that witness with others becomes greater and greater, right? And 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 love is all that grows within your heart, right? That charity, that pure love of Christ that we all talk about, but then it's like, well, how do I actually develop that? How do I actually build that? I think that's one of the things we're going to kind of unpack as this, as, as our podcast goes on is we discuss these topics and how do we truly develop that pure love of Christ and have that charity. And even if it's for one other person that we bring a greater light, a greater knowledge, a greater truth, and it changes their life in a way that helps them live the gospel more perfectly, so much better. I mean, that's just, that's exactly what we're trying to do, right? And the truth is there are so many members of the church, our brothers and sisters right around us that are thirsty, yeah, right, for the gospel. They're, they're thirsty for a deeper understanding, right? Not not intellectually, not academically, but spiritually. Yeah. Right? They, they want to feel, right, that God is revealing and giving them uh, more truths. And, you know, like we have felt in the past at times, right, sometimes they just feel a little stuck and they're not sure exactly how to go about really seeking and where to where to begin or where 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 to start that journey of, of of feasting on the words of Christ and just sharing testimony and taking the time to study for yourself and having personal experiences with with revelation right that allows you to to share it with others and help them have those experiences too yeah i think one of the things that at least for me i won't speak for you but at least for me one of the things that i really want to help change for people is you know Maybe you grew up in the in in the church, maybe not. Maybe you've been a member for a long time, but you get baptized, you you go to the temple, you make these covenants with the Lord, and then a lot of people get to this point where they feel like they just plateau. They're just at and and they feel like, or at least they tell themselves like, oh well, this is just enduring to the end, right? Like I've made all these covenants with the Lord. And now I'm just going to live my regular life and, and be a, a decent person and provide for my family, whatever the case may be. 
and they're just kind of plateaued or maybe you're never really plateauing. Maybe they actually start to regress, you know, and they just don't, they just don't recognize it, you know? We see that. We we see that often where people are actually regressing, but they think they're just enduring, right? They're just plateaued. And and sometimes they're trying so hard. Yeah. Right. And it's, I know like Elder Bednar's talked about this where it, you, if you don't understand the personal revelation, right, you begin to depend on the strength of your own flesh. Yeah. Right? The strength of your own arm, right? And it's living the gospel through your own efforts is hard. Yeah. It's very difficult. You cannot white-knuckle it to the end. Like, you're not going to make it. Like, if you think, I'm just going to force myself to endure to the end, you're missing the whole point. But when you have the Holy Ghost, when you learn to commune with God— receive personal revelation daily and understand true mercy and grace understand true mercy and grace and live by that right you can you can live the gospel easily and with peace yep right and And not just live it but you yearn for it you desire it and that's what we were talking about babylon or the rest of the world actually starts to fade away because your focus starts to turn to the Lord and everything. interested in it. A hundred percent, yes. And I never thought I could be that person that's like, man, I'm all in. Like, I want to read church-related books. I want to read, seek ye out the best books, right? Reading those books, reading the scriptures, truly understanding and like analyzing every verse, every sentence, every word. I never thought that could be me, you know? And then here I am now because of, of, of receiving those deeper witnesses and understanding this is all legit. It's all real, man. Like, mm-hmm. None of this is is made up or make-believe. You know, like the Lord is really there reaching out, desperately pleading with us to commune with him, to be one with him, you know. And that's part of what we want to do with this podcast is helping people break free from this cycle of, I've made all these covenants, and so now I can just go back to doing whatever it is I need to do, but be a decent person. Like, be a good person, go to church on Sunday. Maybe I'll go and do my ministering or whatever, but you've just kind of hit a wall, and you don't feel like, you're truly on this spiritual journey with the Lord. Yes, you're going through the motions where really, what do we see? Everyone that truly communes with the Lord, he takes out into the wilderness, right? He takes them into a place where it may be uncomfortable. It's a place that they're not familiar with, but the greatest changes, the greatest manifestations, the the greatest um, opportunity to grow and to be like him occurs, you know? And that's ultimately what everything we're doing in the temple is trying to get us to understand is, okay, now the journey really begins. Most people have it backwards. They think, oh, I went to the temple. I made these covenants. Now I just got to not screw up the rest of my life. Once I die, I'm going to be, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I I understand (laughs) now, or or at least I know that I'm going to receive all that the Father has. Like, no, 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 no. You've made the covenants, and through the grace of Jesus Christ, you now have access to receive the mysteries of the kingdom. You have access to commune directly with the Father, and now the journey really begins. And most people are completely, yeah. completely missing that the, point. The, the fullness of the gospel, receiving all of the ordinances of salvation, puts you at the starting point. Yes, you're at the starting line. That's right. And right, and that's that starts the moment you walk out of the temple. Yep. Right? That's that's now. Yep. That's for now. If if Satan has done something very masterfully to good and faithful people in the church. It is leading them subtly to this belief or understanding that I've made all of my covenants that my parents told me I needed to make. Zion prospered. Yes. Everything is is good. All is well. And now I can do what I want to do 
just don't be a bad person, right? Just be a decent person, help others, give a little charity here and there. And it's like, you're missing the whole adventure you can do that, that the Lord is calling. Exactly. <laughs> you're missing the adventure that the Lord is just waiting to take you on, but you're not seeking it. You're not really yearning and desiring to receive that from him. And, and Well, so we, you don't have a change of heart. Y- yes, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Anyway, sorry, that's for another podcast. We'll keep going. <laughs> next, next scripture, Alma 40, verse 3. Now I unfold unto you a mystery. This is Alma preaching here. Nevertheless, there are many mysteries which are kept that no one knoweth them save God himself. But I show unto you one thing which I have inquired diligently of God that I might know. What do we learn here? There's a lot of mysteries that God has not yet revealed. Right? But we also learn that Alma was able to inquire diligently of God and learn one of them. Right? So the mysteries, right? God may not have revealed them yet, or he may not have revealed them to the church as as a whole, right? He's he has them saved up unto himself, but we can seek deeper and deeper into the mysteries of godliness. We can inquire diligently, and God might reveal one of them unto us, just like He did to Alma. Well, and that's the thing is obviously the focus words there, the words in bold are He inquired diligently, right? And I think for you and I, we did the exact opposite of that most of our lives, where we would read. We would pray, we would check those boxes, and then we would expect that we're going to receive some great manifestation from the Lord. It's like, no, that's not that's not how it works, right? Yeah. We weren't really fasting and praying often. We weren't doing the things that really enlarge our souls, you know, as 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 it says in Alma in the Book of Mormon. And we yeah. weren't taking what we were studying and pondering on it yep. profoundly. Yep. And making connections and thinking about it and, and applying it to yourself. We weren't building that conduit for the Spirit to truly teach us and manifest unknown things to us. You know, we we just continue to rely on what we already knew and understood, and we're just trying to reaffirm that knowledge, right? We're just trying to, oh, yeah, I already know that. You know, this just confirms what I already know. Instead of allowing the Spirit to truly reveal things to us that were not previously known or that were not well understood, you know, and maybe they were things that perhaps were taught more openly or discussed more openly previously in, in, in church history. But today, for various reasons and good reasons, we don't discuss certain things as, as openly, you know. But then all of a sudden, when you truly seek, you stumble upon these teachings. You stumble upon these things that the Spirit kind of leads you to, to deepen your understanding of these of these mysteries, you know. And that's one of the things we want people to understand is these mysteries are available to you. You're not, trust me. You're not dumber than we are, and we've been able to discover way more than we ever thought possible, you know, and the scriptures have become more real and alive to us than we ever knew possible, right? The deeper understanding, right, going deeper and deeper into the mysteries, it's not not an intellectual exercise, right? right? Now, the intellectual aspect of it is fun, right, of learning something new, something profound, but... That's not the purpose of it. Seeking deeper and deeper into the mysteries of godliness Mm. is so that you can attain a greater degree of godliness, Mm. right? A change of heart. You can be changed by a more 
pure and a more perfect understanding of the doctrine. Truly being sanctified. Building a an environment in your life to where you can be sanctified by the Spirit and truly be born again and be a new creature as the Scriptures speak of and promise us. One more here. Doctrine and Covenants 107. The power and authority of the higher or Melchizedek priesthood is to have the privilege of receiving the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, to have the heavens opened unto them, to commune with the general assembly and church of the firstborn, to enjoy the communion and presence of God the Father and Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. So why should we seek deeper and deeper into the mysteries of godliness? Because they will bring us into the presence of the Father. This is essentially what President Nelson is, is preaching now is how do we thin the veil, right? How do we break that? The veil is beginning to burst. You know, he's, he's, he's used this illustration in conference to us. You know, that's exactly what this scripture is speaking to is that through our yearning for our desire, our real intent to receive that veil becomes very, very thin. And this is done through the power and authority of the Melchizedek priesthood, right? We're not talking about having an office in the priesthood Mm. that men have. Exactly right. We're talking about the fullness of the priesthood that we receive, men and women, in the temple, Mm -hmm. right? The fullness of the Melchizedek priesthood to come into the presence of God, to converse with with, with the Lord more perfectly, yep. right? To bring his presence nearer and nearer to us and we can learn to receive personal revelation in a way that changes our hearts, that brings godliness into our lives, sanctifies us through the Holy Ghost, that we can commune with the general assembly in the church of the firstborn, which is to enjoy the communion and presence of God the Father himself and Jesus Christ. That's just... That is such pure doctrine. And this you don't have to look very deep for. This is in the Doctrine and Covenants, right? And we we just read it, and then we move on. We gloss over it. And it's like, wait a minute. What's being promised to you here? What's being given to you in Scripture, the Word of God? It's like, why are we not investigating that further? Why are we not truly seeking that and wanting to be a part of that, you know, and I think what we have found and what we'll be able to testify to people throughout our journey here in our podcast of that veil can be so thin at times. And not only does your understanding beginning to, it begins to deepen and to grow, but then your closeness to all of the work being performed on the other side, it, it, uh, it, it, ex- it enlarges, it expands. You feel the presence of all of God's children performing the work and salvation on both sides of the veil, you know, and, and there's obviously people who have lots of stories that they, they can tell about that, but that's a real thing. And that's a promise given to us. And too many of us are living below that promise. We're living below the privileges that the Lord is giving to us as his covenant people. And that's obviously something we'll, we'll dive into and explore more in, in forthcoming podcasts, but that ability to thin the veil. And that brought me back to Doctrine and Covenants 84, which is really teaching the same thing, that the greater priesthood 
administers the gospel and holds the key of the mysteries of the kingdom, the key of the knowledge of God. Therefore, in the ordinances thereof, the ordinances of the Melchizedek priesthood, the power of godliness is manifest. What did Joseph Smith say we should be seeking? Deeper and deeper into the mysteries of godliness. Without the ordinances and the authority of the priesthood, the power of godliness is not manifest unto men in the flesh. For without this, no man can see the face of God, even the Father, and live. This is what Joseph Smith was trying to get us to understand, right? This is the purpose of of the temple, to bring the power of godliness, to have it manifest to us in the flesh, right? That's through the authority and the ordinances of the Melchizedek priesthood, through the covenants we make, we can see the face of God, even the Father, and live. I think what we can testify of, no, let me rephrase. I know what we can testify of to others is too often, whether it's in the scriptures or in particular, something that's closer, a lot closer to those of us today is the life of Joseph Smith. We look at that as though that is something he could receive, much of what he received but not something meant for us. And I think what this is trying to teach us, to show us, to to open our eyes and expand our minds to understand is so much of what he received is available to us if we seek it, if we understand what's being given to us and then apply it correctly and adequately. He did not feel himself above or exception to anybody else. In fact, it was his greatest desire for others to receive. Participate with him. To participate with him, right? How grateful was Joseph Smith when he was able to finally show the plates to other witnesses, right? That burden was lifted off of him. He was not trying to keep these things unto himself to put himself on a pedestal above the rest. He desperately wanted others to receive the same manifestations that he received. Now, his role and his calling as the prophet of the restoration, there are things he received that we will not receive, and we cannot ask for those things unrighteously, right? We do not have that dominion, you know? He did. However, there is a lot. Well, there are things he had to receive. 100%, yes. In order for them to be restored. Uh, Correct. And we already have them. We have them and we're not using them. We're not applying (laughs) That's the craziest (laughs) thing is that he did the hard work, the heavy lifting through the grace and mercy of Christ to bring those things back to the earth. And yet so many of us are sleeping through what is available to us. But what he did give us was the most important of all, right? The fullness of the gospel in which we can prepare ourselves to see the face of God and live. Yep. To enter into his presence, right? To rise above this celestial state of being. And just as we see with all the all the prophets and many testimonies in the scriptures, right? That experience is, is for this life, right? That's something we should be seeking now, right? To enter into the presence of God the Father. 
without getting too far ahead, not we've already done that on this podcast. Yeah, we were. Uh, the purpose here was to try to get at least fifteen minutes. I think we're. we're I think we're over that. We're over an hour. <laughs> we're over that. So, without getting too far ahead, that very point, I think, is something that changed our lives more dramatically than anything else's. Everything we have been taught, our understandings, in a, in in accordance with some of these higher laws, the covenants we make the ordinances we participate in, so much of what differentiates the restored gospel of Jesus Christ, the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ from other Christian churches, a lot of that we just assume we're going to need at some point some point in the future, right? Some place somewhere down the road in the eternities, all of this extra stuff in particular in the temple that is being given unto us is for some future state of being. And when we realized that no, well, it's right here. Everything, right, exactly here. right. Doctor coming as eighty-four. Everything the Lord has revealed is meant for us to use right now and apply to our lives today. And when we do that, we start to see this exact blessing that He's given it. These exact manifestations start to happen line upon line. One little thing here, one little thing there, and then before you know it. You look back and think, I don't know, I don't know what I ever did to deserve these manifestations, these witnesses. Well, you didn't do anything to deserve it. Through the grace and mercy of Christ, you received it. However, you did enough. You were willing to walk a path that allowed him and his grace to offer you those manifestations and that and and those witnesses, you know. And too many of us just are are living beneath that. We're not living up to at least a bare minimum standard to receive all that the Lord is willing to reveal to us. Well, thank you for listening. If you've made it this far. Yeah. If you're still on impressive, <laughs> impressive, very impressive. But in all honesty, I felt the spirit here many, many times. Right. And uh, I was edified right in this conversation. And I know that the things that we are speaking of are true and that the restored gospel is true. Right? Joseph Smith was a prophet and the fullness of God's blessings are available for us now. I know this is true, and the Lord has made it known unto me. Amen. I want to I want to close with, and I know so many people in the church refer to this talk and general conference so often, but it really keys in, I think, on what is available to people now if they take advantage of it. And this is Bruce R. McConkie's final talk and conference, and one of the best conference talks ever given. You know, you if you don't feel the spirit in this talk, you're dead. Like, you're not alive. Like, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand how you can't feel the spirit. But let me just close with what the Lord is offering you as his son or his daughter. This is what he's offering you. Bruce Armour Conkey says, I am one of his witnesses, and in a coming day I shall fill the nail marks in his hands and in his feet and shall wet his feet with my tears. Because Bruce Armour Conkey was was about to die. He had, he had a terminal, maybe cancer or whatever, but he knew he was going to pass pretty soon. But I shall not know any better then than I know now that he is God's almighty son, that he is our savior and redeemer, and that salvation comes in and through his atoning blood and in no other way. I think what we're trying to testify of and what we want to get people to understand as we go through these studies these doctrinal topics and really look at them from different perspectives and 
and and maybe a way that people just haven't considered before. The core of what we're trying to get people to understand is you can come to know, to have a relationship with, and to understand the Savior so personally now that when you finally do see him in the flesh, you will not know who he is, his character, his attributes, any better or any different than what you came to understand in this life. That is not something reserved for an apostle like Bruce R. McConkie. That is something available to all the sons and daughters of God who are willing to go and receive it and do what is necessary and sacrifice what is required to obtain that blessing and that knowledge. And I think what we're trying to under, what we're trying to convey is we, we hope and are striving to be on that path and we want to help bring others to that path to where they can receive that witness and that true conversion for themselves. I know it's true. I know he is the Messiah. And if he can bring somebody back like me, he can bring anybody back. And he can change anybody. It doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. The atonement is real. It's eternal. And it can reach down and rescue you regardless of where you may currently find yourself. That I testify in his name. Amen. Amen.